Hey everyone, my name is Tom, and you may know me from just volunteering around New Life, helping serve some nice warm coffee in the morning, or being back at Take 5, helping people learn how to take their next steps and what might be the right next move for them. I also help people pray back there, so I would love to meet you sometime. If you ever want to come back, ask questions, have conversation, feel free. I'm really, I promise, an approachable guy, even though I don't look like it sometimes. So with that, what is this video about today? So if you haven't noticed in the world, there's a lot of things occurring, primarily in the Middle East between Israel and Hamas. And this has led people to say, this is a sign of the end times. The end times are right around the corner because the Bible predicted this. And it really kind of sucks for me to watch because this isn't the first time this has happened. It's also because it really takes away from the beauty of the book of Revelation and what it means for us as believers. Now I get it. The book of Revelation is an apocalyptic text. It's also an epistle and it's partially prophetic in the way that it reveals stuff about that God doesn't like that we're in the middle of doing. And it, it shows us how to correct ourselves to get back in line with him. But here's, Here's the issue is people take this imagery and they begin assigning weird things to it that it never actually meant. For instance, I've had conversation with people who have assigned that the locusts that pop up that are armored with men's heads and women's hairs are Apache helicopters. I find that person a little hard to believe since Apache helicopters didn't exist in 96 uh, AD. That being said, this isn't about interpreting the imagery. It's not about all this. It's about putting revelation in the right perspective and what it means for us as Christians. What is the point of revelation? Is it end time text? Yes, it talks about the end time, but no, it is not meant for us to obsess over and predict the end times. It's actually a text that is meant to encourage us as Christians to keep going forward and doing the very thing that Christ told us to do before he ascended to heaven. You see, the major point, the primary point of Revelation, if I had to nail it down to one thing, is this. Jesus wins in the end. Jesus wins. He is triumphant over Satan. He is triumphant over the world. He is triumphant over sin. There is nothing, nothing that will beat him. And we as his followers and his believers should take courage in this, be emboldened by it, and continue forward with the mission to spread the gospel to the four corners. But Tom, I've heard people tell me, this is surely is the end times. It's right here in this book. It says so at this very moment. And I have problems with people who try to do that. I have problems with people who try to predict the end of the world or try to say that this is a sign of the end times. And my primary problem with this spurs from Matthew 24, 35 through 36, and I'm in the ESV for all the texts if you're following along. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. These are Jesus' very own words. Do you not understand? We will never know when the end times are occurring. We can never try to predict when the end times are occurring. I think it's interesting because 
when he says this, it's actually followed in Matthew 25, 1 through 13 by the parable of the 10 virgins. As if Jesus says, you can't know, but I'm going to tell you what to do now. In the parable of the 10 virgins, we see half of the virgins are being lazy. They're not preparing for when the bridegroom's supposed to come. The other half are preparing for the bridegroom. And when the bridegroom finally comes late at night and they need oil in their lamps, the five who are prepared get asked by the five who are unprepared if they could borrow some of their oil. Now the five who did what they were supposed to do, they prepared for when the bridegroom would come, kindly said, hey, sorry, I can't lend any oil because if I do, I won't make it all the way to see the bridegroom. And so those who weren't prepared run off to get some oil, find it, and the other ones go and meet the bridegroom and he shuts the gates. This in verses 14 through 30 is followed by the parable of the talents. Now, many of us read this and sometimes we speculate that it's about money and it's actually not. It's about spiritual gifts. It's essentially about Jesus saying, are you using your time, talents, and treasure to help further the kingdom of God? Or are you burying them away and just sitting on them? It's funny because after these two parables, he goes on to talk about the final judgment in which he talks about how you'll separate sheep and goats. And when he's talking to the sheep, when he's letting them come in, he says the following to them, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. That's in 34 through 36. To which the sheep go, Lord, when did we ever see you like this? Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. You see, in the book of Matthew, almost as if like a preparatory statement, knowing that people would start getting obsessed with the end of the world, Jesus keeps us on focus. Go out, spread the gospel. Be prepared, use your time, your talents, and your treasures to further the kingdom of God. What I think has happened, and I love how one pastor who I follow puts it, some of us begin to read the Bible. And we get to the point where Jesus ascends into heaven and we're looking up and we're like, wow, that is so amazing. When's he coming back down? You see, we become so obsessed with the end times, the return of Christ. We forget what he told us to do before he ascended in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the point of Revelation, that Jesus is triumphant in the end. And why do we have the book of Revelation? To embolden and encourage us in this mission. So that no matter what we face along the way, we can rest assured we are victorious because our king is victorious. We may get beaten, bruised along the way, persecuted, spat on, called weird, hurtful names, but it doesn't matter.
Because in the end, Jesus wins. Because in the end, our king who came in Jerusalem peacefully on a donkey comes in on a horse in Revelation ready to wage war. You want to know why getting the book of Revelation really matters too? Because what I've noticed happen as I looked into this, there's three things that usually occur. One, someone goes and they try to predict the end of the world. They try to say, the Bible says it's, these are the signs. This is, it's going to happen. It's right around the corner, guys. They run out with signs. They start holding them up and it doesn't happen. And then what happens because of this, because they were pointing to the Bible as evidence, people look at it and say, well, if it said it was supposed to happen and it didn't happen, how can I trust that, it, that it's true? How can I trust that it's valid? You see, by doing this, by making these statements and these things where we come out and we're like, it's the end of the world. When it doesn't happen, it hurts the rest of our message. The second thing, whether intentionally or unintentionally, when we begin to tell people the end of the world is occurring, when we begin to publish books like 88 Reasons the World Ends in 1988 and 89 Reasons the World Ends in 1989, and we begin to plaster billboards all over, telling people, sell all your stuff, give it to the church so the church can further the kingdom of God, we hurt people. By spreading the message alone, we're causing worry, anxiety, and stress. The issue is for the people who push it even further, telling people to sell everything that they have because the end of the world is coming, we go from taking care of the poor to making the poor. We go from feeding the hungry to making the hungry. You see, we begin to actually do what Jesus told us not to do because we become so obsessive over this thing, this end times. And finally, probably one, like, what I would say is an extremely dangerous thing for us. We begin to pull away from society. Whether figurative or literally, we begin to build ourselves bomb shelters. We stop trying to spread the gospel, contradicting the very thing that we were asked to do. The book of Revelation, I love how it was summarized by this uh, generation in an Instagram video I saw. The book of Revelation was not meant to build these proverbial or literal bomb shelters. It was meant for building bigger dining room tables. I'm going to say that again, just so it makes sure it sticks. Revelation was not meant for building bomb shelters. It was meant for building bigger dining room tables. It was built to embolden us and encourage us to go to our friends and our family, our neighbors, strangers on the street, and yes, even our enemies who don't know Christ and help them to come and know him. You want to know why Revelation matters? You, it's all summarized in Revelation 21, 1 through 8. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
To the thirsty I will give from the wellspring of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. This is why revelation matters. Because of the fate that awaits the person who is disconnected from God, who doesn't believe in him for whatever reason, who has chosen to stray from him. You see, it's sad because the second portion, the portion that everyone gets thrown to the second death can be prevented. It's a choice. Hell was never meant for humans, and I stand by this. It was meant for Satan and the devils that fell with him from heaven's army on the day that he rebelled. You see, what happens is Satan caused us to sin. And why did he do that? It's not because he wanted us to give free will. It's not because he wanted us to have some great thing that God was holding back from us. No, it's because he wanted to hurt God. So what he did, he convinced us to rebel. Not because he cares about us, he actually hates all of us, finds us detestable. But in order to hurt God, he chose to hurt the image bearer of God. He chose to come after you and hurt you. That's why it is so important because heaven and hell are real. And there is a choice to make. It is a choice. Either accept the free gift offered by Christ, have your sins wiped away by the death that he laid on the cross, or face God's judgment. Because in order for God to be God, he has to be just, and he has to deliver punishment on sin. I love how one devout atheist puts it, Penn from Penn and Teller. I'm going to summarize what he says. I don't respect Christians who don't proselytize because either they don't actually believe in what they've read or they don't, they don't believe in what they read that heaven and hell are real or they just really hate me. He equates it to this. If I see a truck coming at someone, I'm tackling them to get them out of the way. Revelation is important. Having the right perspective of revelation is important. Revelation was not designed or meant for us to use it to predict the end times or when they would occur. It was meant to show us Jesus wins. It was meant to embolden us as we go forth and fulfill the Great Commission. I hope you have a good day. Lord, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for just the message that you've given. I hope that it has walked away. I hope someone has walked away. One of my brothers and sisters have walked away encouraged by it, comforted, conflicted, challenged, however the Spirit needs to work in them, Lord. Thank you for the book of Revelation and its beauty. Thank you for all of your word and its beauty. Lord, help us to go forward and fulfill the Great Commission, to be emboldened by you and to walk with you. And to someone who may be listening to this that doesn't know you, Lord, help them to come to know you, to make the choice to accept your gift. Your gift that is so amazing and was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ himself. Thank you for all that you do. It's in your son's name, the amazing name of Jesus Christ, that I pray these things. Amen.